When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> oh, that's the new intro music. It's so old that it's new again. Tony Soprano is. stole this from me. Yeah, I can see that. Or the lead into the Sopranos. Did you ever watch the Sopranos? I did. I loved, loved it. Show. I loved it. I loved Especially it. when he called the Hasidic Jew ZZ Top. That was very funny. <laughs> that was very, very The fact funny. that he got away with it is funny. <laughs> well, there is that. That's true. I always liked how they skimmed no matter what. Anytime they got funny, oh, yeah. they always grabbed a little bit. It's like everybody, everybody who <laughs> right? works for me, they all skimmed. Yeah. Tom Bernard Show with Mike Bryant, Maranzio Vance, Shy, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brant Bernard. And you aren't going to talk. You're just going to sit there? You can sit your Dana name. also. Turn <laughs> <laughs> a mic on me. Okay, I'm ready. Dana. Not, Dana. <laughs> Dana's, Dana's very talkative. Yeah, we can't get her to be quiet uh, the yeah, whole time. The whole ride over here, she just kept talking. I was like, geez, when is this going to stop? It's true. It's yeah. nonstop. We'll be right back, kick things off. So this morning went well. We're going to find out about today. All right. Let's see what It'll part be... two looks like. <laughs> I like it. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Did you want to do live or? Oh, you want to do a live spot? We can do a live spot. Yeah, sure. There you go. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. How you doing today? Swimmingly. Swimmingly. Good. I have to, I had to miss Tuesday's show, Thursday's mm-hmm. show, and now I found out i got to miss Monday's show, too. Nice. I'm doing all this charity stuff. Oh, uh, cool. Well, yesterday was the Iconic Station Award. That yesterday we, was work. They won. And you know the great thing about it is, like I said, Ronzi, I've lost 80 pounds in the last six months or whatever it's been. How do you feel? Great. That's good. Mm-hmm. I feel really good. But I wore shorts to this thing. It was a big time. Everybody else was wearing a suit, and I wore like a jersey and shorts. You feel good, though, right? I did. <laughs> you I were comfortable, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a radio guy. I'm not going to dress did up Did you anybody. do your job? I did my job. Then they should be happy. See? I like this man. <laughs> You're my kind of guy, right? What, there. What, 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 what does the outfit have to do with your performance? Nothing. What I loved is the executive vice president of Cumulus, which owns the station, said, Who the hell is that guy in the shorts? <laughs> you didn't even recognize him. It was hilarious. Anyway, Mike. Walzer.com. Oh, that's the Walzer spot. Yeah, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. No, it, was, it was so long, I figured it uh, had to be a Walzer group. Ooh. <laughs> you know, Doug is unbelievable. He is. He's like, well, let me tell you what's going on in Mississippi, and then I'll tell you what's going on <laughs> yeah. in Topeka. And then, like, man, this and is how a many different cars. How many different cars? Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? Oh, we can talk about adjusters or calling people, and people try to be nice and talk to the adjusters, and they get themselves in trouble. And so you're better off talking to a lawyer, finding out what your rights are, knowing what uh, what coverages you have before you talk to the adjuster. 
How many more billboards are you going to buy? I don't have that many billboards. You've got a billion billboards I do all not the way have, up north. I do all not, the way up north I have, with Michael I have Bryan. five total. That's you it. do I not. I have five total. I saw five within one mile. Well, you're making it up. <laughs> I go along. Should I be treating them at advertisers like that, Maranzi? How are you feeling today? Right, I feel wonderful. Then just go with whatever you feel. All right. Mike sucks. That's a, little too, that's a little too far over there. It's okay. That's, that's okay still? It's okay. It, like he did say it in a mean way, though. It was no, no malice that, behind no, it. He was just kind of like, Mike sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm okay with it. I like that. Yeah. We can move on. We're done. Commercials done. Michael Brad Brian. John Bryan. Brad John Bryan. <laughs> Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, and working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Okay, that was good. We're schmoozing. No bumper music. That was so wonderful. No, Cassie. This morning on the KQ Morning Show, Maranzio came in, and he said, can you see me? <laughs> yeah, because he was like, turn the mic on. I was like, I'm on the mic. He's like, no, nah, the other mic. And I was like, <laughs> the eye of God in here, is he okay? Well, I went to see if it was raining, and I didn't get back in time for the end of the break. So whenever I'm not there at the end of the break, they just fall silent. Yeah. It's a radio You're show. Voice, when you start though. talking. You're the voice. Well, Lassman thinks it's his show. Well, at mm. times. God, yes. how about the way Brittany goes after Lassman? I think it's phenomenal. That is good. Brittany tears him up. So, Maranzi, i got to tell you this. Tell me. You had really good parents, and I know you went through a breakup. I, my father was, was institutionalized when I was 10 years old, so he was gone. You had a breakup with his parents? No, but his parents My separated. parents, they separated. You know. Oh, they had a breakup. Yeah, they... Like, I, just, I was getting into the you know how people You know how people get together and say, you know, I don't like this anymore? Mm-hmm. And they were like, I'm going to leave. And they were like, all right. Mm-hmm. That's like pretty much, what, half of marriages? So, you know. About 52% now. 52% now. The, the number's going up because people have options. Did you take options. it personal? Yeah. Did you take it as, as your fault? Um... In the beginning, I did. Yeah. How old yeah. were you when that happened? Uh, first grade. Forty-one. Oh, yeah, that's like that was, that's the worst age for it to happen. I, I think. Third grade. I had great grades and everything, and then my, my mom was like, "Your dad's not coming back," and I was like, "Oh, is he at work?" <laughs> no, he is the opposite. He's on that seven-day-a-week shift. Yeah, uh, never coming back. And then you know he left, and you know I had to go to counseling because I thought it was my fault and yep. I tried to take on the responsibilities that yep. my father did when he the house so yeah. I'm up at 2 o'clock in the morning cleaning and whatnot looking like a, a jerk yeah. you know? did you have other, uh, other brothers and sisters? yeah I took care yeah. of them so mm-hmm. I was like you know so you and I had the same duty trying to usher my brother and trying to explain to him and then you know my sister after even after my parents split up they you know somehow my sister came into the fold and they created another life, even though they weren't going to be together. And I helped take care of my sister. And that's cool. It is yeah. great. Yeah, it is. it's a lot of work, though. A lot of work. You but miss your, you. you miss your childhood. That is yeah, true. You do. It I, is gone. I started working when I was eleven years old. Me too. Much in the same way. When you were talking, I was like, God, he, he, 
he had a very similar background to mine, except my father's mentally ill and yours right. was not. But your father and mother did you a, a, a great service because your mother was very funny and not really loose with you, but she joked around with right. you. And your father was very serious. Well, you, you do a really good job of balancing them, those two. You I do. try. You do. You do a great job with that. I was very impressed today. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I had the same situation. You know, my dad was gone, and, and so you – here's the deal. The one thing I will tell you about my father, and that, the, I think you're searching for that right now, and maybe you found it, but because my father was mentally ill, I am afraid of nothing and no one. It was not, a great service. I'm not afraid of nothing. So um, you're the same story. Yeah. I almost died 2013. Uh, my appendix burst. Ooh. And inside me, I didn't know what was going I was performing at the, uh, the comedy store. And uh, I went on stage, and I felt a sharp pain Ouch. in my side. Fever, vomiting. You finished the show? I thought it was gas. I, like, hey, gas. <laughs> I thought it was sharp gas. <laughs> yeah, it's like gas Very, pain. very powerful gas. Yeah, pain. yeah. I was like, I had eaten. It I had, can be. The gas well, I had pain can it, be. I had eaten it Chipotle, so I felt like <laughs> so I, I deserve this. I deserve whatever I'm about to receive from eating it Chipotle. They you. They yeah, they you. like you can eat this if you want to, but once you leave, it's on you, buddy. And I, <laughs> I had a sharp pain in my side, and I, I ignored it. And I, you know, went home and laid down and woke up the next day and went to sleep with this and woke up the next day oh. and my stomach was all bloated. I Ooh. thought I thought I was on my period. And uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then I was walking around with Mario Joyner, a good oh, friend yeah. of mine. Yep, yep. We were hanging out and he was like, What's wrong? I don't know, my stomach hurt. Like, you need to get something to eat and I ate something and that made it worse. So about seven thirty that night I was curled up in the fetal position and my stomach was like, We should probably Go to the hospital, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. We should go to the hospital." <laughs> you're talking to your stomach. Yeah, and then I right. drove myself to the hospital. Like you did, crouched down, and <laughs> oh, I'm driving. I'm like, I knew the way, so I'm like, periodically, I'm looking up at the street, like, "Yeah, it's still there." And I'm oh. looking down. By the time I got to the hospital, I, I was so in so much pain, I had to crawl. To oh yeah, appendicitis the, is. Yeah. So I crawled into the emergency room. I'm on the floor, and the lady's like, you know. <laughs> Can I help you? I was take like, yeah. a seat, take a it, number. Yeah, I'm like, I need to, I need to see a doctor. And she was like, you need to fill out these forms. Yep. I was like, uh, uh, how long did they make you process. wait? Two hours. I yep. see. You're a big white guy, and you go in with chest pain. No, but you know what? That's what that's happened. Several that's because people of, told me I should have said I had chest pain. Yeah, when yeah I walked boom. In. That's, that's because you're dead yeah. within seconds. Or you should tell you're white. You yeah. yeah, I identify as a white guy. Sometimes. I don't. You know, I don't care what you see. I am a white man, so get me in right away. Yeah, it's so, totally unfair, but it is. Know, I had, so. I thought I said that I'm like the trash can like that. I was vomiting. I got to the point where I was vomiting. Yeah, no. they brought me. I was gonna spit my gum in there, and it's gonna look like I'm vomiting in there. <laughs> Although I one word uh, uh, of caution for you. No. Right now it's not all that great to be a white man in America. Oh, no, it it's still <laughs> it, 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 a lot of complaining. Uh, this of is your fault. As long as you stay off Twitter, it's but fine. But it's people in power <laughs> complaining about how bad it is. I know. It's well, amazing. Yeah. People, it's the people with the really money that's like, man, we can't do <laughs> stuff like we used to. Like, uh, it's hilarious. Share the wealth, maybe. Huh? I went to the hospital when I was 15 with what they thought was Crohn's at the time. Crohn's. Um, Okay. Um, it, very similar symptoms, and for all we knew, it was a burst appendix. And yeah, I had the same experience. I went there and waited for quite some time. They just, yeah, unless they think that you're about to die, they're like, you know. But I, I was it. lying on the floor 
curled up in a fetal position in the hospital, in the hospital. Yeah. listening to Armenian television. Which, <laughs> which was, I, don't, I don't even know if that was more. I think that was more painful than the appendicitis. <laughs> then they finally came and got me. They put me on a little gurney, took me in, and the doctor yeah. was poking my stomach. And she was like, does that hurt? And I was like, yes, and I need you to stop. And <laughs> she, she says to me, I think you have appendicitis. I said, okay, because that's what WebMD said. Uh, <laughs> what do you think I should do? She said, we should probably remove it. I said, well, that goes, that goes my second opinion, because that's what WebMD said. So did the stomach or you check WebMD? <laughs> uh, we both did. We, we both did. And then they, they, they took me in the emergency and shaved me down. No, you didn't even get a scan? No, nah, they just yeah. went straight. Yeah, that's pretty serious. Cut me open, woke me up. Well, I woke up like two hours later, and the doctor was like, "Man, we almost lost you." And I was like, "Ooh, I'm wow. glad, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you found me." But <laughs> well, you're I could have gone. I could have gone my entire life without you telling me. Yeah, <laughs> I almost died. You probably yeah, had right. pneumothorax, which is not good. Well, I had a tube in my stomach. Yeah, for that's because they had to drain your. Yeah, your for seven days I was in the hospital. Yikes! Yeah. Is that where all the stuff drains out? Yeah. The, well, yeah. The, yeah, the tube is for yeah, because your um, abdomen isn't usually supposed to have liquid in it, but yeah. since your appendix burst, yeah. then septic. okay, you could have gone septic. They gave me painkillers, but I don't think the painkillers was for the appendix. I think it was for the bed they had me sleeping in. <laughs> was just to kill the pain. Oh my god! Ninety percent of the people that. that die in the hospital die because the bed is uncomfortable. Because that was the most uncomfortable slab I've ever laid yeah, on my good. entire life. No, it's not good for seven days. God. Seven days in the hospital. Seven days. How long was I in the hospital? About seven days, I think. I think it was about seven well, days. Well, there we go. We had the same thing. That's my son, I by just the way. got hey, luckier, I guess. And yep, yeah, It's a sore spot in my life, though. Him? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> because you he knows about more it? about medicine than any living human, but he will not become a doctor. Wow. And I don't Too understand lazy. it. Too lazy? Too lazy. We could be in I'm your lazy doctor, so you take your own temperature. Yeah. <laughs> hey, as long as I only practice it on myself, it's not illegal. That's true. Is that what you did? No. Uh, <laughs> somebody explain something to me. These two women got in a fight in Texas. You looked at them. I was like, these... I don't know where they came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Two women got... Literally, I was like, I've been with them the entire time. I had that night and fought, so... Thank you. Michael, maybe you're the guy to explain the best of anybody. These two women got in a fight in Texas because the, the 41-year-old woman was drunk and okay. the 28-year-old woman owned the house. So she said, I need some booze and cigarettes. And the 28-year-old said, you got to go. You're getting out of hand. You got to leave my house. They got in a fight and the 41-year-old bit the bridge of the woman's Ooh. nose off and swallowed it. How oh, sure. Why? So they take her to the hospital. To get the nose out? No, no. They, they got to replace the bridge in her nose and the skin and all that stuff. Yeah. And they charged her $12,000. Why wouldn't that be covered by insurance? It wasn't her fault. She may not maybe have she, Yeah, she, maybe she didn't have insurance. Everybody's got insurance. Uh, they, no. Everybody doesn't. Well, no. a lot I'm of paying for like 15 people, so yeah. why don't oh, everybody wow. have? You, know, you need to do some deductions. Yeah. I really do. There's a lot of people without insurance. So why? I because for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Most mainly financial. But some people think they don't need dollars? it. Twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a whole nose. It'd have been cheaper. No, your nose is yeah, gone. Well, I'm so just it's saying not like it, they found it. They had to rebuild the well, nose. I'm just saying it'd been cheaper to just go get the cigarettes and the booze. <laughs> it been a lot cheaper. Yeah. If you think about it now, you're like, I should have got them booze. Man, get that whiskey <laughs> and get those Pall Malls. Yeah, it'd been go. fine. Now you got to buy a Kia. On Tuesday, ask Doc how much it costs to get a new nose. Yeah, I could ask Ralph Bash. Yeah. yeah, he'll tell you. I could ask Ralph because he would know, definitely. Honest to God, it's just, I, I thought... 
how weird is that that they would charge her twelve? Why doesn't? Why don't hospitals have an emergency fund for situations like that? No, they do. Right. They write off tons of money. Yeah, if you don't have insurance, you can tell the hospital yeah. you don't have insurance, and then they'll lower the payment. Yeah. But not everyone well, knows the, that. That depends on the state. There's some oh, states, yeah. like in Minnesota, there's a deal that was made with the attorney general's office. Some states don't have that same deal. Some mm. states, if you tell them you don't have insurance, they you get the, the head on down the road. They push you out. Like, yeah. hey, that's okay. Yeah. Time yeah. for you to go now. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's not very nice, now is it? No, they do that in LA a lot too, though. Just kick you out of the hospital. Well, once like the homeless people and stuff, once they're done treating them, mm-hmm. as much as they're going to treat them, yeah, they literally like drive them somewhere, yep. and drop them, off. put them out, get you put right them out to the point of okay, I think you're going to be all right. Yeah, and they let them go. <laughs> like they got surveillance cameras watching. They, they have surveillance cameras actually showing footage of doctors or hospitals dropping people off really? and like leaving them. Yep. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? It's America. It's a, it's a, I think it's a, more than just. I saw a stat, by the way. They're saying, uh, and I, I can bring up the, I can find the article, and Andy, you can find the article. They're saying that according to statistics, there are still 401,000 slaves in America. Oh, How is that possible? Kind of are, are, they, that. are they figuring sex slaves? or? Well, they got, like, it's got to be sex slaves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you use that definition, then yeah, there's probably, I mean, they every once in a while they'll bust a hotel and it's filled with women they brought up from, or kids they brought up from Mexico. Yeah, that's and true. All these guys are having yeah. sex with it, and it's like, oh, God. You know? So. Yeah, if you look, if you look it up, there's more... There's more slavery now than there was Before, during the time of slavery. Because of Libya sex slavery. Or something. Well, there's well, not six billion there's, people. I mean, there's seven. What else is it? Regular slavery, too, right? Libya it's, or something It's like, like labor. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's everything. Mm-hmm. Like, labor slaves? Yeah. Who's got labor slaves? <laughs> well, it's probably Pretty much anyone. saying that they are slaves. Pretty much anyone in a third world country yeah. Yeah. have true. labor slaves. I'm sorry, but see, sex slaves, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not sure because I've I've never been with a hooker in my life, and I've never been a pimp in my mm. life. But I don't understand. I've if, never if, been a pimp in my life. It, it, like at this day, I'm like. I got to tell you, my mother said you will love the story. <laughs> so I I grew up in you know a pretty bad neighborhood. It was very dangerous. My mother worked at a place called Kilroy's Cafe, and <laughs> she got us our first TV. The TV was terrible, but at least we had a TV. Right. So I'm like, I suppose. 10 or 11, my sister is 13, and we turn on the TV, it's, oh, we got a TV now. There are only three channels at the time, but that was that. So we turn on the TV, and it was on, uh, George Grimm was the newsman's name. Why would you take news from a guy named Grimm? Oh, yeah. That's terrible. So he goes, and he goes, there's been a murder in North Minneapolis, which is where I grew up. North Minneapolis has been a murder. We go to the scene now. And they go to the scene and they show Kilroy's Cafe. Wow. And I said to my sister, man, I hope somebody didn't murder mom. My, my mother's working, right? This is a true story, honest to God. Oh, my God. So the camera's on the front door of Kilroy's Cafe, which was on, on Plymouth and Emerson. And the first thing you see is two cops coming out. And between the two cops is my mother with her coat over her head. <laughs> and I said, Vicky, I think mom killed somebody. <laughs> what? Yeah. So it just turns out that they didn't want her face shown on television because she was a witness to the murder. Oh. I said, well, Mom, what happened? And she said, I was standing right behind the guy, or right in front of the guy when this woman stabbed him. I said, why would a woman stab him? 
She said, well, it's like it happens at least once a month over at the cafe. What? You got you got whores coming in, and the then regular. they stab their pimps. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I like huh. how she's having a regular conversation. Yeah, you know, they just exactly once a month. Exactly. You know, we serve some drinks. Somebody gets stabbed. It's okay. Are you, do you like the TV? Yeah. <laughs> the TV. <laughs> Tell me more about these whores and pimps. That's chilling. That's hilarious. Uh, what, a, what a childhood, though. I mean, what a childhood. Have you written a book? I should write should. a book. What you waiting on? As I, I should write a Do book. Do you want somebody else to write it for you? Don't say what you're waiting on. You're acting <laughs> like I'm going to die any minute. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want you to like have some. You know, people always write these uh, unofficial autobiographies yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like that. And they get yeah. it wrong. Yeah, and they, they end up yeah. saying some stuff about <laughs> Charles you. Charles Barkley, his was, was, mis- he was misquoted. In yeah. It was misquoted in his autobiography. I love that. So that write your own book. I should write a book. It's Stop true. playing. Man, there's a lot of stuff that I could be taught. Well, you know most of the stuff yeah. now over the there's years. There's some great stories. But why, if if there was a killing there once a week, why did they have once her a cover her fa- or once a month? Why did they have her cover her face for this one? I don't know. But <laughs> she witnessed that all the time. But she's witnessed all, most of them, didn't but she? But honestly, she, well, I just, you know, it's, it's the whores and the pimps. They, uh, like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that you serve food to whores and pimps. Well, whores and pimps got to eat, too. They <laughs> have to eat, too. That's all the exactly ones you used right. to see come home in the morning. Oh, that was sad. Yeah. See, that, I can't go to, I never have been able to go to strip joints because when I was a little boy, I would wake up with the sunrise and I would go out. Well, here's the deal. When my father was taken away, I sat in the chair by the front door. I was only 10 years old, but I was the oldest boy in the house. So I thought I had to protect the family. Right. And it scared the hell out of me. And that's why I'm not afraid of anything now because I finally got through because I thought, well, if somebody does break through the door, I'm not going to be able to fend them off because I'm only 10, right. but at least I could slow them down. And the rest of the story is after the break. It is. Because, get, oh, God. Yeah. That, man, you guys are making it go by fast. We'll be right back right after this, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Finish your story. Yeah, you're, where you're was in the I middle again? of... Oh, when I'd sit by the front door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was telling you. And that, coming home. That I have to be great. My father was a brilliant man. He's a very, very smart guy, but he was crazy. Right. So he would th- see things and hear things and all that stuff, and it was just... It would terrify me, because I thought I couldn't see things that right. existed. 
instead of him seeing fake things, I thought I couldn't see real things. Crazy. <laughs> it drove, I thought I was crazy, right? right? So I went through that, and then, and then I went through that whole deal when I tried to protect everybody in the house, and I was only 10 years old. But because of that, as a result of that, I'm in the same situation you are. I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. I don't care at all. I've seen it all. It's like you yeah, can't. You yeah, can't exactly. You can't say nothing to me. I think I'm able to do comedy because, you know, it's a, it's a very comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, yeah. Always and forever will be mm-hmm. comparison is the thief of joy. You really can't enjoy anything if you are looking at what somebody else is doing and thinking, oh God, they really enjoying life or they exactly. living great. Yeah, you yeah. can't enjoy your own success. And right. I'm, 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 I'm a, I've been a victim of that too. And I just try to. You know, tell people, look, man, there's nothing you can say to me that I haven't already said to myself. I know right. me. I know me better than me, so yep. I insult me every day. Yep. Because I know what I can do, and I know what I haven't done, and I know what I need to do. That's a very good point. You know what I mean? So, I'm not. A, I'm not worried about anything. Um, I wasn't supposed to be here. You know, as far as like making yeah. it as far as I have. You know, no one knowing. I don't like the word proud. I have an issue with the word proud. You do. Because when pr- someone says, "Hey, I'm proud of you." It's almost like they said. It's almost like they had a criteria. They wanted right. you to reach. <laughs> like they validated. You. Yeah, like they validated. They validated I'm proud of you now. It's like you weren't proud of me that. before. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, you, right. you did this. Now I'm proud of you. It's like, like I had to level up. Yeah, I leveled up. It's like you, you I, 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 you approve of me now. And it's like, don't, don't do that. Just like you know what, you're doing great. You, you're succeeding. You're winning. If look, the way the economy is, the way life is, the way. People, we're just we're savages in an organized situation. No, it's true. That's You're what America. Right. This is what the country right. is. So we're savages in an organized situation because if you live in a third world country, there's no rules, there's no laws, there's no government. People just out for each other. We just have structure here. People aren't good people because they are actually good people. They're just laws that are in place that say you can't do right. the That's thing that you would like to do. It's right. a pretty negative way to look. It's, though. it's honest, think, though. I, it's, yeah, hey, you're surrounded by it now. <laughs> I think there are good people. And, and I mean, I, I watched that documentary on on uh, on um, uh, Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. He was that was one really good guy. I oh, was yeah. so he was one weird dude. Happened. He had weird shit going on. You know, he was but weird, he was but good guy. he was real weird. He yeah. looked like he had never eaten real sugar before. Like, right. You know, right. <laughs> right. Like he just pure. It's like God. He never had sugar before. I, know. I just like things. Yeah. Yeah, he but he's a good him. person. Him with that gorilla, very weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to say all people are bad, but when it comes to survival, mm-hmm. you'll do what you have to do. If you're in that circumstance where you got to stay alive. Well, no, actually, I think there's some people that would just die. But but for people that want to stay alive, yeah, most people would do what they had to do to stay alive. It, but it, it goes, I guess it goes a little deeper than that because people are trying to survive. Just I think survival is, is a matter of perspective because I think for like people in our, in our business and in, in media and stuff like that, Survival is staying relevant, mm-hmm. yeah, and people will yeah, do whatever true. they have to do to, to stay, stay relevant. relevant. That's true. And like for Instagram, you know, people want attention. Mm-hmm. Attention is, is is just as bad as sugar. It's not good for you, and it's in everything because everybody wants attention mm-hmm. for everything, for anything. You cook, you want to take a picture of, show it, just eat. <laughs> Do you think your comedy comes from negative or from from uh, tough things you've been through? <laughs> tough, uh, tough, cynical. Okay. Um, I'm honest. I don't, I don't really sugarcoat anything. Um, I just live and I see what it is, and it may be negative to people because you gotta. I guess you gotta pretend. <laughs> 
life isn't as bad as it really is to get through it. You got to smile to keep from crying or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Do you watch comedians in cars getting coffee? At I do. All? Yeah. Did you see the one with Tracy Morgan? I haven't watched that one yet. Because he he oh, says he good. doesn't he doesn't agree with that. He thinks that he and a lot I've heard. I mean, most people agree with what you're saying, right? But he says that he doesn't think comedy comes from all bad things or all negative things. He just thinks it comes from being out there and being Tracy Morgan. I mean, you know? I mean, it does. Comedy comes from everything. I think I focus more on. It's enough people doing fluff. Mm-hmm. It's enough people being ah, yeah, silly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, my favorites right now are more grounded in reality. Like I like I love Bill Burr. Okay. Like Bill Burr can do no wrong. He's hilarious. Yeah, Jim Jeffries. I love Jim Jeffries. Jim yeah. Jeffries can't do any wrong in, in my eyes. Um, Daniel Tosh. I love Daniel Tosh. Uh, one of my best friends was Patrice O'Neill, and you know, oh, rest man, in peace, Patrice. He was great, you know what I mean. He was honest. It was it was brutal honesty, but I'm a storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go on stage, I'm, I'm gonna take you on a journey. We're gonna talk about, you know, stuff. And I I try not to say everybody's like this. This is how I am, and this is how I see it. And I think I, you know, you gather more flies with that than if I say America's stupid and people are dumb, whatever right. they are. But you can't say it. You know what I'm saying? I gotta say this is what I've experienced, and then I bring examples into the fold but it's not all negative i think there's there's some joy yeah, out if, there. You, if you look at it that way why do people judge each other so much and it's not necessarily i'm being a good person or whatever but why is it so easy for someone who doesn't even know you to judge you i'm i mean any one of us at the table here mm-hmm. you don't agree with me so i hate you what i mean what is that because people do two things people either <clears throat> worship what they don't understand or yeah. they fear See, what they don't yeah, understand that's a good point that's it they it's one of the middle. two and generally, it's easier to go with fear. Yeah, that's it is. true. Because worship, worship right means you just conceding and say, I just go along right. with this. And it's hard to just go along with something that you don't understand. It's easier to say, I don't like that. I hate that. So, so I got to ask you a question. You got, you got a network TV, mm-hmm. right? Did people really resent you for that because yeah. you made it on television? A little. Yeah. I, but yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> like um, it's, 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 <laughs> there were people that people were happy for me. Yeah, some people. Are. People were happy for me yep. because I'm one of those people. I never pandered to the industry where oh, I'm gonna get on YouTube and I'm gonna do videos. Right, or I'm right, gonna be right. goofy and silly. I hate that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not that. There's I'm a so purist. many of them. Yeah. That it's like yeah, they're interchangeable. Yeah, so I'm, I've never been that guy that just like, what's the trend right now? Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm, I'm not just trying to be, I'm not trying to be successful just because I want to be, I don't, I don't care about fame. I want I want a consistency. I'd rather be, mm-hmm. I want a career. You know, I want to, I enjoy comedy. When, and this is how comedy was for me. I saw somebody telling jokes. I liked that. I went out and did that. Someone came to me and said, you can make money doing that. And I was like, oh, okay. But if you do it this way. And I was like, oh, if I, if I act like this, y'all will give me money? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I had to ask myself, can I do that? And I did my own version of it. And they were like, no, we don't like that. And then they didn't accept me the way they told me they would. So I went back to the way I wanted to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy comedy now because it went from a I love it, I can't stand it, I hate it. Now I'm back to that point where I enjoy it again. I don't like the politics. I don't like um, no. the microwaved careers that people are creating. You know, you're, de- you're destroying a foundation as far as like a purist or, you know, as art goes. But 
who's to say what's good and what's bad, you know? It is everybody in everybody in the news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody in the news tells you what's good and what's and, bad. And you're 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 right that the the social media part of getting attention plays a big role in people saying things to get. I mean, like no when they doubt. attack you, it's like so I'm attacking him, and that yeah, gives me attacking attention. Attacking me is a great you thing. Know, so group so. Th- group think is very dangerous too, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Group yeah, think is very yeah, dangerous. A number of people taking advantage of that all day long. Yeah. Because all you, all you need is one follower. I'm going to say it's all about the followers. That's yeah. yeah, it is. It's true. Jim but, Jones, everybody, all you need is one follower to believe me. Yeah, I got some Kool-Aid right here. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what, what Michael was talking about is people, certain people in this state love to attack me. And you know why they attack me? Because they think I am the most racist person in the state of Minnesota. You? Me. It's hilarious. You know why they think I'm racist? Because I have conversations with people like you, and I treat you just like I treat everybody else, and they don't like that. So do you? Crazy. So you, do you think it's a? So it's not even that you're racist; it's more like they feel like they they inflict their racist views on how you I should think that's treat. Exactly right. Yep. Because you're exactly talking to me right. like a regular person. Like if you wanted to ask me a race a racial question, you ask them normally like you ask anybody else anything else. Like what time is it? Or if you ask him, oh, you know, I, I'll tell you something. I was thinking about saying this about to you five minutes ago. I was gonna say, you know, you're really smart, and I would get complaints. Oh, you don't think black men can be smart? That's how what they do. It's I get why weird. you was. You know, I would get why you would say it because I'm. We well, have, you are smart. It, I'm a comic, for one, and comics have this stigma of we don't know anything, or we're just silly, <laughs> goofy people. Well, he's talked to a lot of comics. Yeah, I've talked to yeah. many comics yeah. in about 50 years. That's I'm true. sure you've met a lot of dumb people. Mm, yeah. Comics. Well, you don't have to be so sure that I met I've seen the lineup the club day. has. You've met some. Look, I've seen the lineup the comedy club has. You've met some stupid people. But, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, your back was certain. The whole time I was talking about being a racist, I was down there going, uh huh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I saw you down there, Bob. Come on, we talked about this in the car. <laughs> you said you were going to hold your commentary. Put me out there like No, I suppose the reason for that would be that that if somebody does something really stupid, I on the show go, what a dumbass. And when it turns out that person is not a white person of any other race, people don't like that. Dumb is dumb. Dumb is dumb. That's it. They don't understand that. I'm going to tell you an example. I'm very neurotic. Extremely. I'm oh, very so neurotic. So when I go pitch my TV show, because I wrote a show, we pitching it. Yeah. The fact that I'm neurotic is like an anomaly to these people because, really? because in Hollywood... When it comes to pitching TV shows, just in general, neuroticism is always equated to being Jewish. Like, oh, yeah. he's neurotic. Oh, yeah. Neurotic yeah. Jewish Black guy. guys are supposed to be like smooth, smooth. and Yeah, we're cool. supposed to be smooth. So yeah. I'm neurotic with anxiety. They're like, really? Mm-hmm. It, shouldn't be ma- <laughs> it shouldn't be magical that no. I want yeah. things a certain way or no. I overthink. Right. Anybody should overthink to a degree. Yeah. You just can't just join into something or just agree with something. You ig- examine it. But because I'm neurotic, like, Tell us more about this neuroticism. Well, I'm neurotic because I knew that when I told you that I was neurotic, this was going to be a discussion, <laughs> and I didn't want to have it, but now we're having it, so That's there goes perception. that. It's Tell me what kind of deals in stereotypes, though. That's kind of the whole thing, because yep. you have 20 minutes to explain what's going on, then you kind of have to rely on, you know people's assumptions because you can't explain who someone is but me being neurotic is like magical to them 
Oh, yeah. They, well, I mean, their perception is also based in this fantasy world that they right. make. It's like they live in the TV almost. So, it's strange. I'll tell you what. You, I think you'll understand this, and uh, it'll help you. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know, Tom. You're a white guy from Minnesota. I don't know. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. That's true. Watch the comments come flooding. Now, he's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> um, I like it. I wrote a, I wrote a book. Called Dignity, D I C K N I T Y. Dignity. Dignity. Okay. And it's basically a book, a play on words of like, in this Me Too environment that we're in, it just is what it is. For people to say, oh, we don't address it. It just, it is what it is. The elephant in the room. And, you know, women are speaking up and, you know, things are being brought to the forefront. I wrote a book about my relationships that I've had with women because I came from a past of, of I was molested when I was younger, from five to eight. By women. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And it, it affected me in my dating because sure. I was only perceived as a sexual object at an early age. So when I started dating, I just thought relationships was just about sex and dating, and that was it. Like, yeah. no, So I was bad at dating at the beginning because my dad never sat down and said, you know, when you go out with a woman, you know, you pull the chair out. I learned all this on my own. I learned it from my grandmother. I learned it from my grandfather. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this book about all these relationships I had been in. And I haven't put it out yet because we wrote a TV show. And the TV show is about a guy, myself, who wrote a book in 2006 about dating and relationships. Like a Tucker Max type situation where he talked about relationships and dating. And me being a failed, hopeless romantic. And I just said, forget it. I'm not going to try to be romantic. I'm going to just be selfish and just get what I want. So I became this guy that just dated selfishly. For 10 years and told guys how to get over on women or this is how you do whatever. And then the book becomes a success. And then now, 2018, you can't support stuff like that. You can't openly. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't openly say, oh, women is blah, blah, blah. So now my character is faced with the backlash of no longer being relevant. Like, Like Tom Likas couldn't exist right now. You know who Tom Likas is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Tom Likas. Right now, like his audience dwindles every day because no one wants to be affiliated with what he speaks on. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's calling this show all the time, and he hasn't right. called in now in what about yeah. a year and a half? Yeah, he just went away because he Man. he's been ushered out. He's old. Yeah. His his, his views have been. The problem I have with society now is you want everybody to be accepted. You want everybody's point of view to be accepted, yeah. but you also want to push out the point of views that you don't like. Is that fair? It's not. If you want everybody, everybody should be able to throw in what they want. It's a country. It's America. It's a salad. You know? Yep. You, yep. Don't have to, you don't have to eat the beets if you don't want to. If you don't like it, you know. There you go. So it is what it is. So I wrote this book, put the book out. In the story, in the show, I put the book out. And the industry kind of got, got scared of it because they were like, oh, we don't think we can address it. It's like, why not? Every day there's an article coming out about a guy who touched somebody in 1962 or 1985. Yeah, that's really, that's very true, 1995. Yeah. It happened. Why not address it? No, like, well, it's a little too early. A little too early. Is it? I got to take a break and we'll come right back and continue the conversation. Yeah. Right back. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned, and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My pillow is offering buy one my pillow and get another absolutely free. 
Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August 1st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ronzio fans. You're going to be at um, Rick Brown's house. Why don't we just call it Chai's House of Comedy? We can. I mean, why not? How, How often does Rick come in? Because he used to be all the time. He's at a bunch of shows. When I go there, he's yeah? there a lot. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think he'll be coming for a while. He actually went and fixed the mic. Somebody's mic fell apart. He actually went up there and did it himself. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's very involved. Yeah. I think he is um, very involved. Very, very, one very of the coolest involved. guys, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Rick? In comedy. Yeah, he, he really is. You know he what really it is? Because he's a comic. He was a comic first. Yep. Who absolutely. owns clubs now. So he understands how comics yeah. want to be treated. The re- Comedy clubs is what builds the bitter comic. Yeah. yeah. Because... They mistreat everybody because they don't think you're going to make it unless you've already made it. So when you're on your way up, they don't book you. They don't take your phone calls. you got to fight to get on stage. And then when you finally make it, you're like, yeah, y'all used to treat me like trash. (laughs) Now I'm going to give it back to you. Not everybody does it, but enough do it to where it's a problem. You know what I mean? Mm it is what it is. I live, I live in L.A. I played the Laugh Factory in Hollywood all the time. It took me... I moved to L.A. in 2001. It took me 10 years to become a regular at this club. Well, it does take that. Six to ten years, yeah. they say. Yeah. They say that's how long it takes. Just to get in the club to yep. perform yep. on a regular basis. And now I'm there every weekend, every week. But it took so long to get there. And it's like, God, it took a lot. Like, I had to sacrifice a lot. I had to pick one club because there's so many clubs in L.A., that you can be, that can make your home club. I tried. I, I, went, I went to the comedy store. I didn't like the comedy store. The energy of the comedy store. We we are, we try to keep more white people in the room than black people. <laughs> so we don't. We don't. You're, you're upsetting the balance. I was looking for when I came in. Too. Tom, like, see that man right there. there. You're hurting yourself doing? again. <laughs> <laughs> Except for he refers to himself as my youngest brother. How you doing, man? All right, JB. JB. JB? How you doing? Are you going to get a microphone? You're going to hover over me like a pending dame. <laughs> Where's the other? What happened it's to good, fellas reference. It's oh, good. We don't have more chairs. You, well, there's one right out there, isn't there? I don't think so. JB, you yeah, know I sat in it. I sat in it last week. Your mom got yeah, it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I remember. Okay. 
Oh, what? we're just going to like take one from the typewriter room or something? You know, JB, who just came in here, uh, he sent me a Father's Day card. From I'll your... get arrested, by the way. Yeah, you will. <laughs> get arrested. <laughs> from your youngest brother. He refers to himself as my youngest brother. Okay. Tevin Pittman, he used to work at Rick Bronson's House of he Comedy. He was the other Murray. He was Murray before, before Murray. Yeah, he was Murray before Murray. <laughs> he, Murray before before Murray. he sent me a Father's Day card, so he, and it said, from your black son. Right. That's hilarious. I, I just have these. Uh, it's where I grew up, though. It's how I grew up. I don't Let like your followers know that so they can stop harassing Oh, no, no. no they think that's even yeah. worse. Yeah. They think they make it, it. That's worse because you grew up around black people and Jews and Catholics and stuff like that. It's even worse that you don't respect them. I do respect them because I treat them like human beings. This whole thing is terrible. It's weird. It's very, very weird. It's a, just like, I guess this is a taboo topic, but you can't say anything anymore. No, you can't. No, it's very true. That is very true. I'm not an advocate for anyone being an asshole or saying anything, <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know about you that. have to catch yourself before mm-hmm. you speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's just a weird, it's, it's a, it's a weird, like, like they have these, the, like the, the new generation. How old are you, Matt? I'm 26. 26. So you live in a generation now where, and younger, they want to do away with gender. Like they just say, mm-hmm. we don't want to have a gender, right? Right. Two things happen with that. One, you say, I don't want to deal with gender anymore. So basically the roles, they don't want to live up to the expectation of the role. Yeah. Which is, I guess, is progressive, but also at the same time, how many problems does it cause? Is how many problems does that cause? Because yeah, no one's, to, no one wants. It's, I, I almost look at the millennials as it's lazy. I don't want to. I don't want to be a. I don't want to live up to what it means to be yeah, a man. Instead of fixing it, they just get like do away with it. You like, get you away know, with it. This house sucks. Let's just burn it down Not rather than fix it. Yeah. We'll track. We'll track one down. Yeah. So, so um, you can stand you for ten minutes. Yes. We got that. Well, here's the situation. Let me run this by you. Because my mother raised me, mm-hmm. I love women a lot more than I do men. It's not that I dislike men, but I really like women. Right. Like in, but as equals, not as like a sexual object. And I, look, I adore my wife. She's a wonderful woman, and I'm I've been deeply in love. I got I got lucky because I met my wife. She's nine years younger than me, and she's very beautiful. And when I met her. I was very relaxed because I thought I never had a shot with her. So wow. I just relaxed, and it really worked out well, you know. If you don't try, you can get it sometime. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm just saying. No, like, you're you, right. You, 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 you're absolutely right. So I, I love I, really I strong. I met Melissa after I stopped trying, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My profile was like the most crass, harsh thing Not in the world. you. That's hard to believe. I eventually was just like, whatever, I don't care anymore. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. So, so there, to me, there has to be a gender. Not for you, but for me. Right. You do what you need to do, but don't try to push it on me. Once again, is that not accepting the fact that you want me to accept the fact that you don't want to yeah, have a yeah, gender right, role. Right. But for my brain that was programmed from mm-hmm. day one, I only know gender. I know that that's a female. Yeah. This is a male. He stands up when he urinates. She say, sits down when he urinates. Issue for me mostly. Yeah. What about the kids and different things like that? I have an issue with that too. I have it's a like big issue with that part of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a mess, dude. It's, we all gonna end up being Smurfs. <laughs> but there was Smurfette. Blue. There's no gender. It's just everybody's just in the village. There was Smurfette. What about Smurfette? They, they created Smurfette. They that, made her true. in the lab. That's true. She wasn't even real. All other Smurfs oh, really? just guys. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. They that. made Smurfette. She was a magic. 
Gargamel, Gargamel actually made her. Oh yeah, he, he made did. her mm-hmm. to disrupt Smurf society yeah. by what? introducing. Yeah. Look how sexist the Smurfs were. That was terrible. <laughs> they were like, That's oh, true. Gargamel, we gotta send this female Smurf in there with all these male Smurfs and drive them crazy. That's true. And that's what the episode was. They literally lost their mind. They were like, what is that? And they were like, it's a girl. What do we do? And they were like, trying to cook for her and bake, do magic tricks, and then Papa Smurf ended up getting them. That's phenomenal. No, it doesn't mean I don't. Papa Smurf's like, there's only one weapon in our society, and it's this cane. Yeah. That was that. that that. Yeah, it's not that I don't like men. It's just I really admire strong women. Right. Like, I like when a woman goes, you know, shut up. I like that when a woman says that to me. He's like, you're wrong. You know, like, tough women. I like sass. Yeah, I do, too. I, I Well, your mother probably had some sass. Oh, my gosh. She's five, five, zero. <laughs> and would fight me in a heartbeat. That's what like, I'm talking about. Because right she has there. raised a grown boy. I, I would ch- I challenged her a couple of times, and <laughs> and once she stood up, it was like she's like little Jerome Bettis in my face. <laughs> wow! And I was like, Nah, I'm good. I ain't yeah, taking her on. And I saw what she went through. Like yep, now yep. at my age, yep. you don't know it when you're going through it. No. You don't see it because you're just a kid it. and you you just care about you. Mm-hmm. I want new shoes. I want to go outside. I want to go play with my friends. You don't realize that she's going to work. She's working two jobs. Yeah. She barely yeah. got enough time to sleep. And she's trying to be mom. She's trying to make sure you got everything you need. But and you never have really, her own life, too. And so. have her own life. My mom got it. So now I look back. I'm like, and I, you know, I'll call her every now and then and just say thank you. That's cool. That's wonderful. Oh, I'll apologize. I, I'll remember something I did when I was young. <laughs> and I'll call her and be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you I did that. that. And she's like, why do you apologize? I said, because I was a I was an ass. I, I apologize, know. and you did everything. And I believe in I believe in supporting strong people. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a fan of lazy people. No, I'm not either. I'm not a fan of lazy people, man or woman. No, I agree. I agree with that completely. Man you don't or woman, contribute. we should just give you stuff, and you don't want to contribute anything. It's, I mean, come on, if you have the ability, are you to fully body, fully body able human being. Why not? Like, what, uh, what are you doing? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly. Especially what I'm if I came from nothing and I got stuff. Yep. It's possible. Yep. So yep. I mean, you know, somebody was like, "This is Republican views you got." No, it's not. It's just they're not Republican. Not Republican. But they would. They would say that. Yeah, a lot of people would. They would. They will. A lot of people would. Especially if I'm a, if I'm a black guy, say everybody should be able to go to work. And they're like, they're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> now that's not racist though. Saying what's wrong with you, they don't consider that to be racist. That's racist as hell. It is. It's horribly racist. This country is... <laughs> oh, I got them on the wrong... I can't they know I'm in trouble. You know what they get mad at? America is, like, America is like the girl on Instagram who takes pictures that's scandally clad and then wonders why guys are <laughs> hitting on her. Right, right. America is that country where we're like, yo, we got the best food, we got the best sports teams, we got the best life. And then when people come over here, you're like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> I was looking on the Instagram, and y'all said y'all are the best place. I thought I could just come over here. I love that. That is really good. It's what it's we do, though. <laughs> and we got different countries trying to slide into our DMs. And like, yo, can we come over? And they're like, why are you hitting on us? He's like... Y'all just said y'all the number one country. Can we not come to number one? It's not that America don't want people here. They only want people that can offer something. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you want like like in Dubai, 
you can't buy property oh, they got it in Dubai unless you're a resident. Like, you have right, to be born right. and raised yep. there. Yep. They don't yep. let outsiders. Yep. Here, we sell everything. We sell Idaho if it was up for sale. <laughs> yeah. yep. That's, That's true. true. Louisiana purchase. Right? If Russia they was like, can we buy? Yeah, like, if, if Alaska. Yeah. bought some stuff. Russia <laughs> may get Alaska back if we don't act right. <laughs> you know, well, we're, not, we're not using it, so, you know. I mean, we are, but we, we're not. We could have a thriving moose meat economy. I mean, Most technically, there's a lot terrible. of oil coming from there, so... Yeah, that's what they say. But I'm just saying, Alaska used to belong to Russia. Yeah. But yep. Yep. the way things are going, you know, right. you don't know what <laughs> this guy might say. Like, you know what? Again. We're going to give him back Alaska. And we're like, what? We can see Russia. Now we got... Yeah, we can see Russia. Front, yeah, from her front yard. If anything, we should give it to Canada. Because no. it's all attacked. <laughs> no, no, no. 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 Yeah, why don't we give Alaska to Canada and then we'll take, like... Toronto? Yeah, exactly. So then everything's contiguous. What's in the like, Chicago well, part too? It's bigger than Chicago. It's, it's cleaner than Chicago. It's cleaner than Chicago. Well, Hawaii's Hawaii's burned down. We don't need it anymore. Wonderful stuff. We don't need what? Hawaii. It all burned down. First of all, let me just say, there's about 15 states that we are not using. That's true. Literally. In 50 states, we have 15 states I can name right now we do not need. We can sell them on Craigslist or... Turn them into like multi malls, uh, mega malls, or something. I don't know. When was the last time I said the uh, malls is the size of an entire state? North Dakota. Are we using it? No. You know they aren't no, the so worth. North Dakota. They don't. We were. Taxes. How about the weeks. oil shale? They they got. We got. But who goes to North Dakota? Are people from you North go to North Dakota if you so. kill somebody, you're trying to get off the radar. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've got like the best line from North Dakota. The guy that bum that fell in the in the uh, gutter. Oh yeah, what was that? The guy, this guy's going along, he falls in the gutter. This other guy looks at him, and goes, "He needs AA." What? One time, I was talking to Mystic Lake, as uh, a, uh, a reservation just south of town, mm-hmm. you know, the casino, and then Treasure Island is another. There are several in the state, and I was talking to some, some people at Mystic Lake, and the uh, the vice chairman of the tribe. I'm talking to him about. Alaska, mm-hmm. what we were just talking about. He goes, they can't do that. They can't. They Look, when we had to walk through Alaska to discover Russia, <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. The world started here, and then they went, went on. Over to it's Russia. Phenomenal. I need to talk to your agent. You need to get a talk show. You should do a talk show, man. You would be a great talk yeah. show host. I, I do sports. I do a, uh, XM radio. I do sports. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't like sports like I used to. Like I said before, I don't. Yeah, you were telling me that. I, one because the money's ridiculous now. Yeah. The money's athletes get ridiculous. It is, ridiculous. and the politics is going to the sports now is ridiculous. It's like I if don't only care. JB had a mic. <laughs> yeah. I don't. He I does, don't. Um, he's the equipment manager for a bunch of the Gophers teams. Can't be okay. Already. I like sports, but I don't disagree. With you. Yeah. I, I, you <laughs> may, so he's, he's like he's entrenched in that world, is what I'm saying. Sports is the same as money. And what I mean by that is, and I know I'm going to sound That's like exactly correct though. It is money. Is this? It. It's well, a tree. Money. NFL all made money last year. Well, here's the thing. How they all make money if there's yeah. a, it was it's a non-profit. Uh, First yeah. of all, it's a non-profit. It's a non-profit. A billion-dollar non-profit organization. Somebody's getting that money. When you see Roger Goodall gets a, a raise for $45 million, it's like that's pretty good. That's not bad. The NFL shouldn't be an organization. The teams. Aren't nonprofit, you know, and they're all their own thing. 
But why is it that they can all get together and then call that a nonprofit? It doesn't make the, sense. Sports was able to get, they were able to get things Because it's played on Sunday so like a church. Collude. Because uh, there's collusion there. There's, there is I mean, collusion. All sorts of, they violate every business model there they is for yeah. free trade. And so they created this sports deal for them to do that. And but, but I guess the government's just like, well, if we, a lot of money. If we bust this up and we're going to lose how many billions of dollars, so we'll just, you know. Well, you think people get upset? Break up one of these teams. The New England Patriots are no more. Uh, Have fun, guys. This hour went by way too fast. It It went way too fast. Tell your agent to call me, and I'll tell him, get him a talk show. I would do it. (laughs) You should do a talk show. You really should. Because you're not afraid to speak your mind.